0: Welcome back to episode number five of the Burning Leaf Podcast. Myself, Alex Russo, along with Thomas Vescio. we got some news that happened between now and the last episode. So, Thomas, how's it going? It's
1: going good. Good. Uh, Uh, Both both our teams were very busy the last time we recorded, obviously. And, uh, yeah, we're excited to talk about the signings each of our teams did.
0: Yeah, there was actually, there's been a lot of news since we last recorded. It was kind of a little bit ago, but um, it's all good. Uh, We'll start, I guess, real quick with uh, what the Leafs did. Because they did make a few s- significant moves, I guess. But yeah. um, we'll start off with the one that I think had everyone talking, and that was Joe Thornton. One year, seven hundred thousand dollars, leg minimum contact, contract with the Leafs. Uh, Thomas, I'll let you start this one off.
1: Yeah, it's uh, in my opinion. I think it's a win-win situation for the Leafs and Jumbo because a it's seven hundred k, and a and b it's Jumbo Joe Thornton. Uh, he's still pretty good. He still has a a great passing sense uh, that can help the Leafs on whether it's a third or fourth line he's playing on. And the 700K helps for the cap it, obviously, because our team has a uh, large cap and people are making a lot of money in the top like elite players on our team. So I think it's a pretty good uh, deal for both of us. And you're very familiar with Joe Thornton uh, from the San Jose days because he versus Calgary a lot of times in the Pacific Division. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. Did you see anything from his game? Like, obviously, his game's not from five years ago, but, like, have you seen anything in his game that's, like, dropped off, like, insurmountably since five years ago to now? Well, obviously,
0: obviously, he's skating. Right. He's, you know, he's had some major knee problems the last few years, so... Um, there could like obviously they weren't picking up Joe Thornton to be a burner and he's never yeah. been a burner. You know, he still has he still has that vision. Like that yep. is something that never went away with uh, Jumbo. Like obviously what was it? in 15 16 he threw up a point per game. That was, you know, 5 years ago, but mm-hmm. um you know, I think for from a Leafs perspective, you see what kind of Kyle Dubas has been doing this off season. Obviously with you know, bringing in Wayne Simmons, you know, keeping Jason Spezza around and now bringing in Thornton Seems like he kind of wants a little more veteran presence around the room, and I think for the younger guys like Marner and Matthews and and uh, Nylander and mm-hmm. you know possibly Nick Robertson next year, it's probably a big thing for them to have like this legend in Joe Thornton joining their team. You know, we obviously know how Jumbo is off the ice. You know, he's a, he's a personality for sure. Mm-hmm. But even in San Jose, when they brought guys in like Evander Kane and even to an extent Brett Burns, yep. you know, he was able to kind of reel them in along with, you know, Patrick Marleau was there and Pavelski was obviously there. But the Evander Kane one was big because, you know, he obviously there were some problems with him off the ice and it seems like the Sharks were able to get through to him. And, you know, he's been good for them since Mm -hmm. he's gotten there. You know, obviously he's gone through some rough patches. But I think Thornton coming into Toronto, I don't necessarily think he'll play the whole year. I think, you know, I don't think he's going to play if there is an 82-game year. I don't think he's going to play all 82 games just, you know, considering his body and the workload that has come with it. And especially if it's a very condensed schedule like we're thinking it might be. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's good to have him around. I think he's going to really teach the young guys a lot of, you know, what it takes to play in, in the league and you know obviously this guy's a legend he's gonna be all of famer <laughs> yeah um you know as you know he can be probably a good asset on the power play i think as long as like his passing is still there and you know he can just be a setup guy uh, he's never been really much of a goal scorer but uh no it's a good signing for the leafs um, i like it for them the other two signings that the leafs had recently this week Ilya mikhayev two years 1.6 million per for two years And Travis Dermott, one year at $874,000. So, Thomas, I'll quickly get your thoughts on those two, because, you know, they were pretty major, I think, from a Leafs perspective. Yeah,
1: two pretty, I'd say, pretty good, solid signings for the Leafs. Uh, Ilya Mikheyev obviously came over from Russia last year and had a bad injury that sidelined him from January to, obviously, the cancellation of the season, and... That was pretty tough to watch considering it was his first ever year in North America and he was all new to the situation. But I think Ilan McKayev's deal is pretty good. He can go anywhere in the lineup, I think, when he plays. Just it's the offense that's non consistent when he's up in the top six. But he's a good, um, like, he's like um, a good piece that complements your star players. So, like, obviously, Martin or Tavares and Matthews and Nylander. Like, he's a good piece that can go in the corner, get the puck for you, pass it out in front, and it's a goal or a good shot on that and a chance to score and I think Ilya Mikheyev is really good at doing that and I'm I'm excited to see what he can do in the future he didn't have a great playoffs but um, yeah I'm excited for Ilya Mikheyev it's cheap he's he can skate and he gives heart every every night so and then with Travis Dermott it's a cheap deal uh, one year for the defenseman and he's gonna have to fight his way in the lineup this year because they have a lot of not a lot but they have a a multitude of defensemen that they've signed and got so. I think for Travis Dermott this year, I think it's to make the lineup and it's a cheap deal. So maybe they can move Travis Dermott during the year because it is cheap, but I I like Travis Dermott, man. I've said this to you over text. I remember talking, I think the day he signed, I I really like Travis Dermott. Just he has to get it going. Like he has to get it really consistently going in the offensive end and defensive end because everyone has laps in the NHL and obviously mistakes they make. But with Travis Dermott, he seems to do it in a way that he's very cocky about himself and when he does make those mistakes a lot of people bash on him because he's so I guess uh cocky in a sense but I think with Travis Dermott I think they just have to give him a shot at the top pairings with either Muzzin or Riley give him like three games if it doesn't work hey you tried and it doesn't work so keep him on the last pairing and we'll see how it goes but yeah I like these two signings from the Maple Leafs and I think that's going to help going towards the season and maybe the playoffs so Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of these signings, and I think the Leafs got pretty, uh, not significantly better, but I think they got better over this offseason, definitely, with all these signings they've signed. And I I really don't think they're done yet, to be honest.
0: Yeah, no, they're both really reasonable. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: Like, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know everything there is in Noble, Mickeyev, or Dermott. Mm -hmm. I know Mickeyev fought his way into the top six, and that's where he was when he got injured, and then when uh, the season resumed, that's where he was, playing with Tavares, and uh, whether it was Nylander or it was Marner on his wing... Um, you know, he's a big guy, he skates well, you know, and for 1.6 million, I think, you know, if he can find a little more consistency offensively, you know, it's a steal. Uh, And Dermot wise, he was something I was talking to you where I I compare him a lot to Oliver Shillington, um, of the flames and he's going to have to battle. Like you said, he's going to have to fight to get his way in the lineup because I'm just looking at the Leafs defense and they got eight guys Mm -hmm. and possibly a ninth in Timothy Lilligren. Who are mm-hmm. going to be fighting to get on the team? Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, T.J. Brody, Justin Hall, Zach Bogosian, Nico Letten, who's looked incredible in Europe, Rasmus Sandin, and obviously himself. You know he's going to have to fight to get in there, but like you said, if they should be giving him an opportunity to play up in the lineup, if it doesn't yeah. work, it doesn't work. And at eight hundred seventy-four thousand, I'm guaranteeing there's a team that would take him um, in a trade and would yeah. be willing to give him that kind of chance. So, like I said, reasonable signings for both uh, both guys and. I like them both um, now moving on to the Flames what they did um, they made quite a few signings mm-hmm. over the past few weeks we'll start with the big one and that was them locking up their big RFA of the offseason in Andrew Mangiapane, uh, to a two year 2.4 million dollar contract um, I really like this deal uh, from for the Flames Mangiapane a guy who was drafted in the sixth round in 2015 um, he was an overager in that draft. He was passed over in 2014, and, you know, he had an incredible year in Barry, fought his way into the ranks, and the Flames took him to the sixth round. Um, and ever since he's got drafted, he's kind of just worked his way up, worked his way up, worked his way yeah. up. Um, you know, in 1819, 19 he, um, you know, got in on the fourth line with Derek Ryan and Gardner Hathaway, made quite a bit of an impact, and then this, this past season fought his way into the top six with uh, Backlund and Kachuk. And was incredible. Uh, He had 17 goals. Uh, Points-wise, you look 32 points. uh, Nothing you know brag about. But uh, he was really good on both ends, both ends of the puck, both ends of the rink. He was great. You know, and this guy is only getting better at 24 years old. Um, And at 2.4, I wish they may have gone a little long-term with him. You know, like they did almost with Rasmus Anderson, Mm -hmm. uh, where they gave him four and a half over six years. But due to the Flames' cap constraints and Uh, they just weren't able to do that. Um, You know, obviously after the Tanev signing and the Markstrom signing, and um, it was just something I don't think they were able to get done there. But two years, he's still an RFA once the deal ends. It's a really value contract for the Flames, especially if he continues to grow. Because he was really good this past season. He was really good in the playoffs. And there's still a lot of room for this guy to grow. Oh, tons. Yeah. And, you know, especially like, the fact that he was able to carve out a spot for himself alongside back and kachuk where Michael Frole was for three years where that line was incredible the 3m line and now you kind of have 3m 2.0 with mangiapani in there it's it's super super good that they got this guy cheap mm-hmm. um, and it, you know he's one of those guys along with like Dylan Dubey who you're hoping grows and gets better um, and, you know I, I think it's possible for him to go like 2020 this season where 20 goals 20 says 40 points even if even if he can break 25 you know if the season didn't cut short he oh yeah he I, I 20, guarantee yeah. he had 20 goals this year um but, you know I, it's a really good contract for him and I'm super happy for the guy you know he got squeezed so hard a year ago where they they made him take a two-way deal at seven hundred thousand and a lot of people are saying I hope this guy just proves all of them wrong for him for making him do that and he did um, so I'm super happy for mangiopani uh, that that offseason two years from now is going to be a little tough with himself, Goudreau, and Kachuk all coming off the books. Yep, yep. three good players. Um, yeah, obviously Goudreau is the only UFA of that group. But, um, yeah, no, it's a good signing for the Flames. and should provide pretty good value, uh, at least in the short term. Um, and then the three uh, three other signings, or four other signings, should I say. Oh, yeah. um, I'll go over them real quick. They signed Joachim Nordstrom, Nikita, uh, Nikita Nesterov, Dominic Simone, and Josh Levo. All really to league men contracts. Levo got a little more than league men. Uh, But I'll go over them real quick. Uh, Joachim Nordstrom played on the Bruins for the past few years. Played really m- just majority in a fourth line role. penalty mm-hmm. killing guy. The numbers don't suggest he's great. But if he's a guy that's going to be getting in the lineup. Like if he's going to be splitting time with someone on that fourth line. Um, I don't mind it. You know, it's, you know it's a good. You know he can be. Um, you know hopefully a decent depth option. Uh, Downline, it will be better than obviously like Ronaldo <laughs> I gonna or, say, or yeah. Buddy Robinson for yeah. that fact. Uh, so at seven hundred k, you know he's a guy that can play on the penalty kill. I don't mind it. Uh, Dominic Simone was one I actually really really liked. Played in Pittsburgh, you know these last few years. He's played with Sidney Crosby. Uh, he's a guy that he's relentless on the forecheck. You know he's a good two way guy. He's not gonna he's not gonna put up world beating points, but as a guy who can just drive play and get in there and make things happen. At $700,000, I think it's a really, it's a good value contract for the Flames. It's either, you know, it's a low-risk, high-reward kind of thing, and he's exactly. still an, and, he, and he'll be an RFA when his deal expires. Mm-hmm. So they'll still own his rights um, a year from now. Uh, Josh Levo, they picked him up from the Canucks, their fourth Canuck that they've signed this offseason.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Calgary Canucks.
0: Um, the Calgary Canucks. Uh, Levo, this is a guy I've actually been wanting the Flames to target for a while. Um, he's a guy that can really shoot the puck. He never really got an opportunity on the Leafs. Uh, I think that year with Babcock, what, he played like seven games or something. Um, You know, he's kind of, he had a really good year this year in Vancouver before his injury. I think he was on pace for, you know, more than 20 goals and 40 points if he didn't get injured. He got Uh, injured, what, like
1: the first first, month, right? Yeah,
0: it was bad. Like, it was a a bad knee injury. And, uh, you know, Levo, it's it's a, again, it's a depth option. He shoots right, which the Flames don't have any of. They only have one right-handed shooting forward in their group right now, and that's Derek Ryan. Yeah. Uh, but to add in Josh Levo, another guy that right-handed shot can shoot the puck. Um, again, it's a low-risk, high-reward kind of thing. At 800k, uh, you can't go wrong. And the last one was Nikita <laughs> defense defenseman out of Russia. He played on Tampa. He played on Montreal, and then he went over to Russia for a few years. Really I mean, random. It, it is what it is. I mean, like I get they want to sign for depth and. You know, I just I, I just I look at this signing and I go, they really don't want Oliver Shellington playing in the NHL. <laughs> yeah,
1: you said That's that kind before. of what
0: that's kind of what I've I've seen. Like these past two years in eighteen nineteen, they Shellington was playing in the absence of Yusuf Alamaki, and at the deadline they go out and get Oscar Fandenberg and Shellington plays like three more games to end the year. This year, he's been he played there from you know, at the beginning of nineteen twenty, you know, was in and out of the lineup, you know, a little bit. Michael Stone would be coming in for him. And then at the deadline, what do they do? They go out and get Derek Forber and Eric Gustafson. I just don't think this team trusts him. I don't think this coaching staff trusts him, and I think this is just going to end in him getting traded for like a fourth round pick. And then you think so? Fourth that, like, that it, low? It, it, like I don't know if it'll be that low, but I'm just kind of just spitballing like what they might do. Um, I just I think you know this feels very much like a Brett Kulak situation where the guy like he was good, mm-hmm. and they just never really gave him a chance to play it out. And then he gets traded for pennies, and now look what he's doing in Montreal. He's a solid, solid defenseman. I just, I don't know. That's why I get the feeling with Shillington. I hope that's not the case. But they do have seven defensemen under contract. Mark Giordano's obviously going to play. Hannafin, mm-hmm. Anderson, Tanev, Valamacki, who we'll get to later, has looked great in Finland. Nikita Nesterov, and obviously Shillington. Um, and then in the minors, uh, Alex Yellison, who might get a chance. Connor Mackey, who people have been Saying Mike crack this team, and then Johannes Schinval, who's going to be playing in Europe, uh, Colton Pullman, and then uh, they just signed Alex Petrovic. I don't know. I think this might end in Chillington getting traded, um, but getting back to Nestorov, Um he wasn't great in the NHL. You know, no. he's kind of been Defensive. thrown out there as as a puck moving offensive defenseman, and none of those things are true. No. Um. Someone threw out that he looks like a young version of TJ Brody, and I just had to laugh. Um,
1: but no whatever is it it, Um. Because he left a few years ago. I remember he the cup is, run. And...
0: Nesterov is 27. So, I mean, we'll Still, see. He's young-ish. Like, he's in the middle of his prime, I guess. Right. But, you know, I don't necessarily think there's going to be room for growth for him. I think he's, if anything, he's going to be like the 6'7 guy. I, I don't really see much. The last season he played was in 2016-17. He played split between Tampa where he played 35 games, and Montreal, he was traded to, he had five points in 13 games, and then, obviously, he went over to Siska in Moscow. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's a, it's a depth signing. It's better than Michael Stone. I, I guess I'll throw that out there, I guess, right? <laughs> it's better than Michael Stone. It's better than Dalton Prout. It's better than Nick Grossman, so.
1: I'd agree. Um, yeah. Can um, I move, touch on the Levo? Oh, yeah, yeah, go for it. He was a Leaf, so. So, with it. you, I know you had a... Big problem with Austin Zardik not getting a lineup, and if oh, yeah. and if that's the case with Josh Lebo, you're going to be more mad because when he's in the lineup, you're going to see the difference he makes with his shot and his ability to get shots off in difficult areas. And I think he, yeah, he had like one of the best shots on the Maple Leafs, and he was a scratch, so that just says a lot about what the coach did and his dumb decision. And they obviously traded. I forgot what the trade was, but it was really really low.
0: Oh, it was like from um, uh, the guy scored a hat trick. I remember. Uh, Coroni. Yes, him.
1: I went to that game. <laughs> yes, when he was with so, the Marlies. <laughs> yeah, so like, like if you didn't did like that, that. Zarnick situation, which you didn't, you're gonna hate it's this situation. If that is the situation that Levo put in, I
0: I don't even think Levo. I, I don't I don't know if he's gonna get Zarnik'd. I'm more worried about Dominic Simone, honestly,
1: yeah. um, <sighs> getting
0: that kind of treatment. But one however, of those guys. Yeah, I, I hope they both get to play the whole year, and I hope they don't get banished. But yeah, um, yeah, it is what it is. Moving on, there were a bunch of UFA signings and RFA signings between the last time uh, we were on. Uh, we'll start with probably the biggest one that happened. Brendan Gallagher, six years, $6.5 million per year extension with the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal getting their guy, they're probably their top forward locked up long term. Um, this is big for Montreal. Thomas, I'll let you start it off because obviously you see the Habs a lot, yep. Yep. Um, so you can go for it.
1: Yeah, I'm a big Brendan Gallagher guy. No matter how much he gets under the skins of Maple Leafs players or any other player he versus in the division, he is a solid player. I mean, like, he's kind of underrated in a way because he scored 30 goals before multiple times, I believe. And he's the heart and soul of the Montreal Canadiens forward group and maybe the team, to be honest. Because on and off the ice, he just makes an impact that's just unreal. He's a locker room guy. And I know him and P.K. Subban really had like beef when P.K. Subban went out the door that year to Nashville. But they made the right choice by keeping Gallagher, and he's he's so good. I mean, his stats, his analytics, his stats just say says it for himself. 6.5 for six years, like you said, Rousseau. Getting your best forward locked up for that price is just unbelievable. And he's the heart and soul of the Montreal Canadiens. And we said this before... If Weber wasn't in the picture, I think Gallagher has a C on his jersey right now. But Shea Weber's an awesome captain, but Gallagher is a, an awesome player. And it sucks to see what happened to him last playoffs with Niskanen absolutely cross-checking him, not getting penalized for it, and him breaking his jaw. I would have loved to see more Gallagher in the playoffs because he's such a playoff guy, and that's what he does. And, uh, yeah, I'm a big Gallagher guy, and I'm a big fan of this deal for uh, the Montreal and uh, Mark Bergevin. Yeah,
0: I I like it. I like it a lot too. I, I've kind of bashed Mark Bergevin a lot this off season, uh, for some of the moves he's done. But this, it was funny because like a day before he signed, there you know, the agent or someone came out and said that like talks had broken off, and then later the next day he signs. Um, whether that was true or false, talks being broken off, we'll never know. But Gallagher, he's such a big piece as this Habs team. You saw it in the playoffs. You've seen it all year. Like he's the contract he's on right now. It's probably one of the more value deals in the league. It's incredible for what he can do, and you know this is a guy that the Habs fans love. The team they love him. Um, you know he he would run through a wall. I think for any of them. And Gallagher, like you said, if Weber's not there, he's probably the guy with the C on his jersey. Uh, but this is a great deal for the Habs. You know. Even at six and a half, I don't Mm -hmm. even, I consider it just, it's fair value for him. They didn't overpay him. I don't think he got underpaid. It's just, it's a really good deal. It's a guy that, like you said, he scored 30 goals in two, in back-to-back years. And then, you know, he was probably would have been on pace for this year in an 82 game year. He -hmm. had 22 this year in 59 games. But yeah, he's, he's incredible. He's a guy. I love Gallagher. He's, you know, he's in your face and, but you know what? Super skilled as well. Um, so, for the Habs, it's great. Again, locked up long term. And uh, he's probably going to retire as a Hab, I'd imagine. And that's probably yeah. what both sides are going to want. Uh, the next signing that was pretty big Evgeny Dadanov, $5 million over three years, $5 million AAV with the Ottawa Senators. Yep. Um, I didn't really expect Ottawa getting him, but <laughs> no one did. Evgeny Dadanov has been, since he's come back to the NHL, he's been really good. Really good. Uh, when he was in Florida, um, put up some really solid numbers with the Panthers. Obviously, he was riding shotgun with uh, Huberdeau and Barkov, but you know he had 65 points and 28 goals in 17-18. You know, 28 goals, 70 points in 18-19. This year, 25 goals, 47 points. Uh, this a guy offensively. He's really talented, and you know if they can bring him alongside, you know Brady Kachuk and. Uh, Colin White and some of the younger guys they have Tim Stutzla probably is going to crack the roster next year um, it's a really solid deal for uh, the Ottawa Senators you know a team that they're lacking talent obviously um, that a solid signing
1: yeah I can totally agree with you there and I'm pretty shocked he didn't re-sign with Florida and I'm pretty shocked that Florida just kind of let him go for that price to be honest I mean it's it's probably what I would expect Dadenoff to get, in Florida didn't really make an offer for him, and there's still Mike Kaufman luring out there on yeah. free agency, and I think Florida, to lose both of those guys is pretty significant because those are two guys who scored a lot of goals and a lot of points for you when Barkov and Huberto weren't, but going to the Ottawa side, like you said, Russo, he's going to be a veteran coming in there, and coming from Russia a few years ago, he's literally proved he's an NHL player still, and there's no question about that. I don't think anyone can deny that, so... With Dadanov going to the Ottawa Center, it's going to add a lot more offense to their lineup. And, I mean, they're probably not going to be good next year, but this is definitely a step in the right direction for getting some mediocre players to come and play in Ottawa. Because yeah. Dadanov if he has a good year, people are going to notice and people are going to want to come and play with him.
0: Yeah, it's it's almost like we were what we were talking about with the Red Wings, where it's just like right. adding more NHL talent. And Dadinov is is very much an NHL player. Very yeah. much so. This guy is a big-time producer. Um Will he put up those numbers in Ottawa? Probably not, because obviously he doesn't have a Barkov or a Hubert always he's mm-hmm. playing with. But, you know, for three years, Ottawa's not in a cap situation just yet. They might be, but, uh, you know, a few years down the road. But uh, for yeah. Dadanov, it's super solid for them. Uh, moving on, another Ottawa senator uh, got a pretty solid deal. Connor Brown, $3.6 million AV over three years. The former Leaf, you know, securing the bag. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Connor Brown had a really solid year in Ottawa. Like he didn't really if you look at his points wise, nothing crazy. Yeah. But this is a guy that like I a solid in your face kind of guy, you know, will just he'll do anything really to get under a team's skin and make things happen. Um solid deal for the Sens, you know, he was a guy that they got obviously in the um in the C Zaitsev kinda of swap. Uh he had forty three points this past year, which super solid for Connor Brown. And I Pretty know rated yeah, and I know he was a Leaf, so I'll let you take it away on Connor Brown.
1: Yeah, I guess. I, I really like Connor Brown on Leafs just he didn't work the last year and I felt like trading him was is an all right decision because I think he three point six for three is alright. It's not terrible, it's not great, but I mean he put up sixteen goals, forty three points in his first season as an Ottawa Center when the Ottawa Centers were not good. And I would like to see Connor Brown on a good Ottawa Senators team because I could, I think he'd be a good complementary piece to the stars they're going to get. And at that price, it's all right. I mean, yeah, like you said, he's kind of in your face. And he can play in the top six, just not offensively and defensively consistent. But obviously, in the bottom six, he's a phenomenal player. And I think that, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine for the Ottawa Senators. Not good, not, okay. yeah, not terrible, but I'm okay with it. Uh, moving on, one of
0: my favorite RFAs from this offseason, Dennis Gurionov. Two and a half million dollars over two years with the Dallas Stars. This is such a solid signing for Dallas. Mm-hmm. I love it so much for them. Gurionov, he really had a breakout year this year, scored 20 goals. Uh, he had 29 points. He was Dallas's leading goal scorer throughout the regular season, <laughs> yeah. which is crazy to say. I'm with a team with Sagan and Ben and Radulov and Pavelski. Uh, but Gurionov was so good this year. And then in the playoffs, he was even better. You know, He had 17 points in 27 games. Nine goals, again. This is a guy. This is like I, I, I think it's a lot like the Manjipani deal, where it's just, you know, you're, you're get, you're gonna get super good value out of him for two mm-hmm. years, and you know, hopefully he lives up to that billing and he can just continue to get better because, this was a guy that, you were able to see was, you know, he's growing into like a, a star type player, like not a Dallas star type player, a star in the NHL. Yeah, player. I get what you mean. Yeah, he yeah. looks, he looked great, and like skates incredibly well like I got an up close and personal look at him in those six games in the playoffs
1: yeah
0: um, he was great you know and I just wish I hope Rick bonus starts using him more because there would be games he'd play like 13 minutes and it's like come on, like use. The and guy. he would still He's get like, points That's yeah gross. and it's like come on like use the guy more like yeah. you know there's obviously this new kind of wave of Dallas starts coming you know him and Rupe Hints are um, probably leading that charge Rupe Hintz still needs to be signed right but uh, super solid deal for Dallas. Um, yeah, I mean, thoughts on Dennis, Dennis Yeah.
1: He can easily break out into a goal scoring machine in the next two years for sure. Because 20 this year, I mean, there's no question he could hit 30 in a full year. No, so a hundred percent. So playing on top power play, and I think he needs to get, to get the time there for sure, because he's literally proven he can score from that right wing spot, like multiple times on the power play. So yeah, yeah he can solid deal. It. I mean, you've seen, it, seen, seen it, so. It, so.
0: Uh, and then quickly, just real quick, some of the other signings that happened. Anthony D'Angelo, mm-hmm. uh, 4.8 over two years with the Rangers. Uh, Alex Georgiev, 2.45 over two years with the Rangers. So obviously the Rangers are going to be going with Shesterk and Gorgiev next year. Uh, Matt, yep. Matt Grislyk, uh 3.6 over four years with the Bruins. Uh, that's a deal I really like. I think Grizzlick, you know, losing Chara, losing Krug, or maybe not losing Chara yet, but um, but Grizzlick Looks like more than likely he's gonna be in that top four, and I think he's capable of handling it. Yeah. Uh, Jake Vertanen, two and a half over two years with the Canucks. Um, okay, signing for Jim Benning, uh, and then Adam Gaudet also got uh, one year at nine hundred twenty-five thousand. And the signing that broke actually this morning, Sam Reinhart, five point two million over one year with the Buffalo Sabers. Uh, we'll quickly go over that. I was a little shocked that it was only one year.
1: Yeah. Uh, with
0: Reinhart. Because mm-hmm. he's proven, he's a very good player. He's mm-hmm. very good. Um, when I first saw this signing, I got a little worried because I thought that they were just walking him straight to UFA. But he is an RFA at the end of the deal, so it's not the end of the world for Buffalo. Um, I just I would have liked to see him get a little more term. I think he's yeah. proved that he can. He's he's a good. He's a very good player. It's probably one you would want to lock up. Exactly. May, maybe he just was asking for way too much on a long term deal. Um and maybe they'll reevaluate next year, but especially if he goes out and he has a really good year, like you're giving oh. him more you're giving him more than five point two.
1: It could definitely happen this year with oh, the yeah. line that he just got.
0: Oh yeah. If if the line ends up being himself, Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel, like come on.
1: He did good for himself this year.
0: Yeah. So Because he
1: signed two years ago to three point six, which was probably around that value, I guess. Yeah. But now if he has a good year, dude. Like, he can honestly ask for six, and he might get that.
0: Yeah, like, in in eighteen nineteen, the guy had 65 points. Yeah. This is a really good player, and he had 50 this year. And, again, and this is on a bad Buffalo team. This <laughs> no. is a really – like, you have to give credit to Jack Eichel, because he's been his line mate for most of the time there. But even still, like – He's this, still producing. This isn't a guy you want to get locked up. I don't know. I think – I think Buffalo's hoping that he doesn't have that kind of year and maybe because you know we are in a pandemic and they need to you know save some cash but yeah I don't know it, it, I I'm hoping for Sam, for Sam Reinhardt's sake I hope he has a really great year Same. Um, but yeah um I would have liked to see it on a multi-year
1: deal for sure um moving on yeah that's all the signings we have to talk about
0: Yeah. um this isn't something I wanted to talk about but I feel like we kind of have to just because it's been happening for the past probably was it, 10 months now? Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Francis of Sportsnet came out with an article about a week ago. Um, just again, like another hit piece on Johnny Gaudreau. I didn't read the article. I don't plan on reading the article. Neither should any of you because this guy's a clown. Basically saying, our Gaudreau's days numbered in Calgary? He should be traded. This, 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 and that. This just pisses me off so much because for Johnny Gaudreau's entire career, When he's got when from the moment he stepped on the ice as a calgary flame in the last game of the 13-14 season he has been nothing short of elite from the day he got here eric francis is doing his very best job to run him out of town and i don't get it i don't understand it was goudreau great in the playoffs this year no he was good but let's not act like this is his fault his line mates for the second straight year Yes, I'm talking to Sean Monaghan, and I'm talking to Elias Lindholm. They both went um, MIA for the second straight year. Goudreau had 7 points in 10 games this year, which isn't nearly as bad as people are saying it was. It's just, it's at this point, we've heard nothing but good things come out of Calgary about Johnny Goudreau. Whether it's about his play on the ice, which we know has been fantastic since the days he's arrived. His work off the ice, which we know he's active in the community. We know, you know... We know everything there is to know about Johnny Gaudreau. We know his family loves the team. We always see Guy Gaudreau in his Flames jersey, and he's always looking like he's so into it. And I don't know where this narrative came from that he wants to go back to Philly when his deal's up. I, I think it became because one, he, he was asked in one interview about would it be cool to play in Philadelphia one day? And Gaudreau said, yeah. It'd yeah, be well, pretty yeah. Cool. what are you going to say? No? Yeah, he said, it's my hometown. It'd be pretty <laughs> exactly. cool to play there one day. But how did he follow that question up? He followed it up by saying, I love Calgary, though. And he said it on multiple occasions. He said it at the end of this year where he said, this is where I want to play for the rest of my career. Whether that's true or not, he did say it. He's gone out of his way to say that, hey, I want to be here. And he, in in the 2013-14 year, when he signed that deal with Calgary to come up and play for the Flames. He didn't have to sign that contract. Everyone said he was gonna to go to free agency as a college player, and then he signed. And then he had two incredible years in the NHL, in the 15, 14, 15, and the 15, 16 years. And then everyone said he's gonna ask for way too much money, and then he signed a team-friendly contract.
1: Very team-friendly.
0: Very, very team-friendly. And then since he signed that contract, he's had an 84-point 80 point year, a 99-point year, a 58-point year, Given not his greatest year, and a 61 point year in a year in which he was injured, he's been nothing short of one of the best wingers in the league. And since he's broken into the league, I believe he's top ten in points. That's crazy. Since he's since the day he arrived, that's he's great. like top ten in points of all NHL players. And he's done this with a revolving door of right wingers. He's done this with you know Sean Monahan, who's been somewhat inconsistent, um, especially this year.
1: He's done this on his own. Well, and he also has done this on the size he is, dude. And the heart yeah. he has. And like, and everyone
0: says, he's too small. He's too small. And, and what does he do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's, he still puts up all these numbers. And miss me with the whole, he's not built for playoff hockey. He can't do this. He can't do that. He can't do this. He can't do that. Because in 14, 15, 9 points in 11 games. 16, 17, 2 points and 4 games wasn't his greatest. Last year, 1.5 games. Like I said, his line mates went MIA and Bill Peters did not adjust to the Colorado Avalanche. This year, 7 points in 10 games when both of his line mates just straight up didn't show up. I, I don't believe this narrative of he's too small or he, he can't play playoff hockey. Because wasn't didn't people say the same thing about Nikita Kucherov for a little bit when Tampa wouldn't be getting through? That, oh, he can't play in the playoffs. Which he, looks dumb now. Yeah, and... If your if and if your argument is that he's too small, well, what what the hell did Braden Point just do this year? <laughs> no. So don't give me this. He's too small. Um, getting back to Francis, I don't understand why he continues to try to run guys out of town. He did it with Dougie Hamilton. Um, he did it. He he did his best to do it with TJ Brody, and he got his wish because Brody's gone now, and now he's just trying to do it with Gaudreau.
1: But can I ask something? Yeah, like why?
0: I I don't know. I I I honestly have no idea. I, maybe it's an old school kind of thing where that's what he's thinking. Like he he'd rather have a Milan Lucic type on his team, which he's defended to all hell. Like he's gone he's gone to war for Milan Lucic over this past these past twelve months. Mm-hmm. Um, but he won't do the same for Cudro. He came out literally like his first article in twenty twenty was. Three things the Flames are going to do. And the first thing you wrote was Johnny Gaudreau will be traded.
1: trading your best player. Yeah.
0: And uh, let me ask, like, what will the Flames do if they trade Johnny, Johnny Gaudreau? You're not winning a Johnny Gaudreau trade. Because star players never command the value that they actually should have.
1: Well, and you're also not going in the direction which is called winning.
0: No. And if this team believes they're going to win, got which, to keep... I, which I don't necessarily know if they're close to doing. But, like, are you seriously thinking you're going to trade Gaudreau and get better? Like unless you're you're hitting a home run, mm-hmm. and like Philly's coming to you and they're and I'm just throwing out Philly because that's everything we've heard. Um, if Philly's coming to you and like well, listen, we'll give you Travis Konecki, Travis Sanheim, and like like a bunch of other shit for Johnny Gaudreau. Then it's like okay, yeah, but no one is gonna come to you with that. Like
1: yeah, yeah like yeah, Mark yeah, Stone,
0: understand. like yeah, they got Eric Brandstrom, but they never they didn't get like. A very good roster player. And I think Eric Brandstrom is going to be really good. Like, the Ryan O'Reilly trade, like, do any of those guys actually play for the Sabres anymore? <laughs> I know Tage Thompson just signed, but he was up and down between the minors. Sabadkas, I think, is gone. Berglund, like, quit hockey. You know, like, you're never going to win these type of trades. We, like, when was the last time we saw Star Player get traded? And we said, oh, wow, look at that return. I don't yeah. really, I don't really remember. Um, I'll end it by saying this. Don't read any of this shit that Eric Francis posts. Um... It's it's brutal. It's it's becoming personal. It's, well, it's also disgusting, yeah. It is. And you know what? Like, God forbid you pump you give this guy any credit, Goudreau. Um, stop reading this clown's work. You know, he's obviously he does it for the views. Don't give him the satisfaction of it. Um, it's almost like a Steve Simmons thing here in Toronto. Yeah. You know. Um, but that's all I gotta say. Johnny, if anyone, if your family, yourself, if this ever gets out to anyone, um, know that the fans of Calgary, we love you. Um, We hope you spend the rest of your career here. I know I do. I know he's been one of my favorites since he stepped on the ice and He's definitely been the team's best player since Joel McGinley. No question moving on Um, I saw something really funny, and I I know I told you about this um, a few days ago But uh, the Anthony Stewart and William Nylander the the William Nylander tweet of him and Kapanen. I thought was hilarious Um, so if anyone didn't see it uh, basically uh, Anthony Stewart came out and he said, uh, if you don't know who Anthony Stewart is, he's one of the analysts on Sportsnet, former NHL player, former, um, he's the brother of former NHL player Chris Stewart, who you might have heard of. So basically, Anthony Stewart came out and said, uh, J.D. Bunkus, um, he tweeted out, um, where is it, hold on one second, he said, Mikhaev at 1.6 over the next two years versus Kavanaugh 3.2 is an absolute no-brainer. Anthony Stewart replied, <laughs> Kapanen at 3.2 is better than Nylander at 6.9 with the ability to lock in a true number one right defenseman. And he got destroyed on Twitter for saying this. Yeah. Um Thomas, I'll let you take it first, obviously because this is a leaf thing. I just I found it hilarious.
1: Yeah. Anything to get news out now, because it's such a downtime for news. That's <laughs> that's basically how I see it, because if you're going to do something like that and it's not very logical in your answer, then, yeah, I think it's literally for news. Like, I don't think there's... Maybe some people out there that would take Kapanen over Nealander like, right now. Like, some people meaning, like, 2% of the population of the world, maybe. Because Nealander just, like, proved he's, like, he scored 30 goals this year. Yeah, his defensive play, is, it sucks. But, I mean, his offensive abilities is way better than Kapanen's on a consistent basis. And there's literally... If you watch the games and, and you look at the stats, there's literally facts about that. And I'm not saying Kapanen's bad, but like, dude, Stewie, come on, man. Like, Neilander, And like, I don't think Neilander gets you a top two defenseman right now, no. to be honest. Like, what top two right shot defenseman are you getting? You're not getting Dougie Hamilton straight up from. him. No. So, and I don't I know d- what he's talking about. I also don't
0: think that we see the way the analysts and all these people perceive Neilander's value. Yeah. Horrible. Do you think any other GM perceives him that same way? It's possible. Like, do you really think if they were to trade Nealander one for one, are you getting a top tier right hand shot NHL defenseman?
1: I like, think that's no. what you look for, but you're yeah. not getting it.
0: No, and exactly. And even if you were to trade Nealander and keep Captain, are you getting a top tier defenseman for three point seven million dollars? No, because that's the no. savings.
1: No. <laughs> no.
0: And like, I, I just find it. I find it really funny because. They tried Kapanen with Matthews. They tried Kapanen with Tavares, and it didn't work. Didn't work. He, no, he didn't work consistently. He couldn't. He couldn't play on a top line. No. And I just, like I said, I find it really funny because it seems like, it seems like how Eric Francis talks about Johnny Gaudreau, and Ryan Leslie talks about Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah. It seems like that's how they love to talk about Nylander in Toronto. I'd Dude, say. Nylander
1: like trends every day on Twitter. For oh, it's some amazing. Reason. I
0: love it. It's so funny and like. I'll I'll get this out of the way. I love William Nylander. I think he's awesome. I think he's great. Um, but yeah, it's it's so funny how like this guy will he'll like, trend on Twitter every day
1: <laughs> like and, just randomly,
0: and it's just like oh trade Nylander. you know? Like, what? But why? The guy like what else does William Nylander have to do to like say like oh, it's okay, we'll keep him.
1: Well, score thirty score thirty one goals this year. I can tell you what. Will, will have to happen for people not to say that his defensive play has to be better has to be better
0: yeah that's that's fair i think so and maybe you know on most nights you gotta he's gotta maybe care a little bit more but this yeah. guy's he's a very 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 good player and yeah exactly. i There's don't no think i don't necessarily think dumping him is the right move because because <laughs> exactly. like, I, like i mentioned briefly the ryan o'reilly trade you know buffalo got so screwed on that trade it wasn't even funny like it was yeah, so, even it from, now, the, from the from the day that, from the day that trade happened i'm like this is bad for buffalo you know so um but yeah i i don't know i just found it to be really funny moving on the chicago drop the chicago blackhawks dropped a bomb on the hockey world but maybe it wasn't necessarily um surprising but yeah, the blackhawks out. came out and they posted this on twitter this is from the blackhawks twitter account um they posted this A message to Blackhawk fans. We recently said goodbye to a pair of popular two-time Stanley Cup champions, uh, those players being Brandon Saad and Corey Crawford, and acquired some new players via trade and free agency. We understand it was tough to see those respected veterans go and realize that you may have some questions about our direction. We'd like to address that direction and share why we're hopeful of the future of Blackhawks hockey. We're committed to developing young players and rebuilding our roster. We want more than another window to win. We want to reach the summit again and stay there. An effort that will require a stockpile of emerging talent and complement our top players. The influx of youth and their progression will provide uh, roster flexibility and depth throughout the lineup. We were already the youngest team in the 2020 playoffs and several Blackhawks experienced that intensity for the first time. This will help to further establish a culture that embraces the grind of improvement uh, driven by competitors who are relentless, engaged, and motivated by a team-first mentality to win. As our young players develop and learn how to win consistently, they make, they'll make they make some mistakes, inevitably. We'll miss the mark sometimes too. But we'll communicate openly with you on this journey together. We know that what comes next must be more than just words, and that inspires us. This is very 2018 New York Rangers-like. Yep. It's almost like they just saw what the Rangers did and say, hey, that sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but Thomas, you can start it off. The Blackhawks... Coming on saying they're going into a rebuild, which is probably a little bit overdue, but I'll yeah. let you uh, start it off.
1: Yeah, no, you, you literally <laughs> said what I was going to say. They're, it's it's overdue. I think this is the, no question, the right thing to do. Because imagine they come out and say, yeah, we're going to be buying next year. We're going to be getting all these players. I, I think people would bash them even more, I think, you know? Like, that's kind of what I, I think. But, I mean, people bash Stan Bowman on Twitter, on social media, and... You know, some of it is, is deserved. Considering Rightfully lost. so. Rightfully yeah, so. exactly. Some of it is con- um, deserved considering they lost a Brandon Saad trade three times. But <laughs> um, that's, that's the besides the point because they bring a lot of the old players back and they don't worry good enough. But I think this is the right move to do. Just, I don't know. I saw John Scott came out yesterday and he said, like, this is awful in the Blackhawks organization. And my thoughts on that is like, what did you want them to say? Like just like, I get the letter was kind of like, what is the word? like Cheesy, I guess, yeah, coming out yeah. and saying like, oh yeah, guys, we're going to go on a rebuild. Well, I think that's no secret, dude. They're, they, I think they're going into a rebuild. Like the team's just not good enough around Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane. Like I love Alexander Brinkett. and I know. like Stroman, I like Bogfist and all the guys they have, all the young guys they have. And Kirby Doc, Kubelik, sorry. Yeah, there's another guy, but just, it's the right thing to do. Just, And we've seen what the draft lottery can do. The Blackhawks can get the first overall pick next year, and they have Atu Rati just like that. Just like that. So, rebuilds can take a lot faster now because of that process, and apparently it's getting changed for some reason. Uh, Well, I think it actually shouldn't get changed. but just like the Rangers. Right, exactly. But I think it's the right thing to do, and what the heat they've been getting for letting Crawford and Saad go is – I think that was ridiculous letting them go, considering they've been historic players for that franchise and winning multiple cups. But I I, I don't – like, what are your thoughts on it? Like, do you have mixed – like, I have mixed emotions on this. Like, mixed thoughts. No, I just –
0: I know you've followed the Blackhawks for a while because I know your dad's a fan. Yeah. But, no, I just – I think it's the right move. Like, this team, if it weren't for a pandemic – like you know, the Blackhawks said, "Oh, like they yeah. like we were the youngest team in the playoffs. Well, they shouldn't have even been there. Exactly. Like th- this team shouldn't haven't been nowhere near, and they're lucky Edmonton started Mike Smith in Game One. Or else, you know, if they go with Koskinen, maybe we're talking it's a different story. But this team shouldn't have been anywhere near the playoffs. And like you said, they're they're not good enough. They're they're just not good enough. Jonathan Tait and Patrick Kane are legends, and they're going to be legends in that city forever for what they've done for this franchise." They have some guys. Obviously, De Brinkett's a big piece, Kirby Dock's a big piece, Dominic Kubalik's a big piece. Outside of that, though, and and Bo- sorry, and Boquist, they don't have much.
1: Yeah, and you need to ne- build that like, up. So. Yeah,
0: and and Nylander, Alex Nylander, might be really good. We haven't seen it yet. Um, but other than those, like outside of those guys, like Dylan Strom, you know, he's had a pretty inconsistent year this year after having that amazing year in eighteen nineteen. Um, there's just nothing here.
1: Yeah. And if they were to come
0: out and if they were to come out and say, we're going to be competing next year. (laughs) So I mean, their goaltending situation is Malcolm Subban and Colin Delia. It's not working out good. Do do they really think they're not going to be able to get a save next year? (laughs) Colin Delia didn't play a game in the NHL this year. And Malcolm Subban was a sub 900. He was an 890 this year. So do like people really think that the Blackhawks (laughs) would be competing with this tandem and net? (laughs) You know, and like obviously like their defensive core, like Duncan Keith is older. Calvin Dehan didn't really work in Carolina, which is why he was traded to Chicago. You know, Connor Murphy's okay. Is isn't very good. Bodequist, we have to see more from. And like their other defense was Nick Sealer. Oh I'm like, I've never even heard of this guy. He's like 27. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I just I think it's the right move, and I know Jonathan Taze was upset. I know he was upset because um, this is a guy. He's won three cups. He's won gold medals. This guy wants to win. And I get where he's coming from. But at the same time, it's like maybe Stan Bowman should have been more straight up with them. They're like, listen, there's because apparently when they let Crawford go, when they traded Sod, there wasn't any communication between management and the leadership group. Maybe there should have been. But if Taves is looking around that locker room thinking this team could compete for a cup, you're you really think you're gonna get by Colorado or Vegas. No, or, and then on the other side Tampa Bay. Or Boston, or no. you know, it's just I I don't I don't see it like I don't know what he's seeing, but at the same time, I don't necessarily know if Stan Bowman's the right guy to do this. I he's made some just ridiculously like mind-numbing moves since they've won since they won in 2015, and obviously, if they were going to go in a different direction, Stan Bowman would have been fired already. But they yeah, came out. Exactly, but yeah. they came out with this letter, and they came out with everything. It looks like they're going to let Stan Bowman ride this through. And I know the Rangers let Jeff Gordon ride it through, but Jeff Gordon's a very good GM. We've seen the moves he's made. I don't know if Stan Bowman's capable of doing that with Chicago, but I don't know. Like, can, But my other thing is, are you actually able to tank with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves on your team? That's the thing. Patrick Kane. You can say what you want about him. He's still a superstar. Yeah, the guy abortion. was what? Do you have like eighty five points this year? Yeah, in a short year, 84. 84 and seventy, and he had one hundred and ten the year prior. Jonathan Taze has like revitalized, like his like old form. Like the last two years, he's been incredible. I don't know. I I, I think I know it's the right move for the Blackhawks because they need to do this because we like I said, I'm going to compare it to the Rangers because if it, it very much feels like the Rangers, except the Rangers did it so good, they were in a playoff spot. And they said, we're pulling the plug on this because this team's not winning a cup. They're right. And look, two years down the road, Panarin, Lafreniere, Kako, Zibanejad, like, Shasterkin, all these guys they've stockpiled. And now they're they're going to be insanely good Crazy. for a number of years. And like I said, I think it's overdue, but it's the right move. And yep. I don't know if you have any other thoughts on it. Like,
1: No, that's but, it. I mean, yeah. the only other thing I would have on it is like, I don't think, maybe they trade one of their big stars, not not or Kane for sure, but like, you know, the other complimentary pieces like Strom and those guys. Yeah. Like, maybe they trade them because I don't see enough, like, trade value in other people. Like, yeah, how much is how much is Calvin DeHaan going to get you? Oh, he's not. He's not so, going to get you anything. I don't maybe, know if
0: Strome would be the right guy to trade, just because he is young, and that's maybe a guy you want to build around, but I get yeah. what you're saying. I get what you're saying for sure.
1: That's the only thing I would add. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um Taves and Kane, I think the only way they'll get traded is if they go to Stan Bowman and be like, we want out.
1: So I don't think Stan Bowman is,
0: I don't think Stan Bowman is gonna be working behind the scenes trying to move them because of what they've done for this city. I, I don't think um Stan Bowman will be like, hey, like there's a move for you guys. Yeah, I don't think. I think that he's though. gonna be like, if you want out, come talk to me. Mm-hmm. And then we'll work from there. Um yeah, that's really all I got on that. Uh real quickly, we'll just go over uh one Flames and one Leaf thing. Uh, the Flames and Leafs both have a defenseman out playing in Europe. And both of them are doing really well. Yusuf Vallamaki is playing in Finland. And he's playing in Liga. And Miko Lettinen is over in the KHL playing for Jokerit. And both of them have been doing really well. Uh, I'll talk quickly on Vallamaki. He has 10 points in 9 games uh, in Finland for Ilves of Liga. And he's looked incredible. From the highlights I've seen, he's looked really good. And it's really encouraging seeing him coming off... That major surgery that he had, where he missed an entire year uh, worth of hockey, it's really encouraging to see him doing so well as he has been. He's ten go- he has two goals, eight points and in- two goals, eight assists, ten points in nine games. He's a defenseman, like I said. Um, and reports coming out of Finland are saying he's not only the best defenseman in Finland, he's looking like straight up the best player in that league, which is super crazy. encouraging because he looked great. Uh, when he was playing for the Flames in 1819, before the high ankle sprain sidelined him, and then he came back in the playoffs and he looked like he hadn't missed a beat. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm really happy. I can't wait to see him back in a Flames uniform when, whenever the season gets going. And Miko Letnin, he's play, like I say he's playing Joker Jokerit. Um, currently, that's 16 points in 14 games, eight goals, eight goals, eight good. assists. So, I don't know. You have any thoughts on Miko Letnin?
1: Only thought I have is, I mean, Leaf fans who think he's going to be freaking Nicholas Lidstrom stepping into the Leafs' decor, <laughs> Not happening. I mean, like, he is good. Just don't over-expect out of players they sign for one year out of Europe because he is dominating the KHL defensively, like, the offensive side of defense. But when he comes to the Leafs, don't expect the exact same thing because when it doesn't happen, he's just going to get bashed. And Dubas will get bashed. And there'll be a stem of things going down. All these oh, can't sign players from over Europe and stuff like that. So I'm excited he's going to come to Leafs, but I don't think he's going to do the same thing he's doing over yeah. in Europe on the te- Leafs. Te- uh, Tempered expectations. So ex- yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, like, don't expect the moon for Miko Letnin. But yeah, I'm excited for him. He, he could looks be... good though. He I, you can't deny he looks good. No, he's... yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's looking good. We'll Just see. Ho- like like I said, it...
0: like you said, we'll see how that translates.
1: Exactly. Hopefully it transitions very well yeah. to the Leafs decor.
0: Uh, the last thing we're going to cover. Uh, Thomas over here, he recently uh, made a purchase of NHL Twenty One, um, a game. Wrong of... purchase.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> a game that I haven't enjoyed really since they moved it over to PS Four and Xbox One. Uh, so Thomas is going to give a little review of this game, letting you guys know: is it worth the buy of eighty
1: dollars? Um, is it worth the buy of eighty dollars? It's actually more including tax, but. Sure, we'll go with 80 bucks there. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. The Be a Pro, it, it improved, but it didn't improve like you're moving a needle. Like, it didn't improve that much. It's really cool. Like, the cutscene and stuff, it just gets overplayed and overplayed. Like, yeah, we talked about it. You've seen the Bar Down uh, YouTube video. If you haven't seen it, go watch it because they actually bash it, but yet, overall, they gave it a 7 out of yeah, 10. Yeah, I
0: found that high. to be super funny because they were like, ah, oh, this game sucks, but <laughs> 7 out of 10.
1: Yeah, and like, I'm a franchise mode guy, and I think you know that, Russo, because yeah, I, yeah, I, I played that mode. every year. And I like franchise mode, however it's done, and the trade deadline's really cool. They bashed that too, I don't know, understand why, but it's actually pretty cool. Um, but my review for the game would probably be like a 5.5, because Oof. it hasn't taken that step as like FIFA, Madden, or even 2K, NBA, because if... Any video game was to model a game, it'd be model a sports game, it'd be modeling after two K, like the yes, NBA, because that is like the pinnacle of video games because it adds so much things, it adds so much characteristic, it adds so much like just things the fans want. So I think if you just listen to your fans and obviously the transition now from PS four to PS five and NHL twenty two, I if that game is bad, dude, I, I don't know what is gonna happen with if this the NHL. If franchise. that
0: game doesn't have frostbite,
1: I'm gonna lose it not even that just improves <laughs> like the soundtrack man you can't get like like you can't, you can't get, get more than anyone, five songs they're some of them are bad and they only have like 10 songs so it replays and, replays and replays so like if you're playing like half an hour in franchise mode you've heard every song in the game yeah so That's yeah but 5.5 5, i think it's realistic but hopefully they take a step because obviously an nhl game is pretty cool yeah, but I'm. Hasn't uh, been for a few years. I'm definitely
0: not going to be buying this game, <laughs> I, I, and it's true. I've said it for the past two years. I'm not going to buy it, and then I end up buying it for twenty bucks, in like January because I just want to play like franchise mode. Right. Um, but yeah, no. Like, I'm getting the PS5 in a month or less than a month now, so I'm. I'm just. I'm not spending my money on it. Um, it's just, I've been such an NHL like game fan for forever, forever. Like, mm-hmm. and I just, uh, it's it's frustrating cause, and. I see people throwing out the argument that, oh, well, it's a, it's a small it's a smaller company with an EA. They're still charging $80 for this game. Yeah. No, they're, 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 they have enough money. They have enough resources um, to, to make this game better. You know, and like, and I've seen like videos of franchise mode. It's just like, they, did they even touch it from last year? I know they made the trade deadline, but like the no. menus are the same. Everything no, the menu's is exactly. the same.
1: And your scouts don't scout for some reason.
0: Oh, and I heard that. And, like, after the trade deadline, like, you go to best line so all your chemistry is <laughs> yeah. gone, so that must be a pain.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, no, and it's just, like, it, it's a pain. Because I, I know they've had a rough go since they've moved on to, then since NHL 14, where they moved on to the PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah. I know they've had a really rough go of it. And, I like, it's funny that they make all these changes to be a pro now when they did that. Like, an NHL 14. <laughs> so, like, are you telling me for NHL 22, they're going to strip it down again and be like, oh, yeah, this is the game.
1: If they do, I, I don't think.
0: If they, And if they charge you 80, $80 for that game,
1: it's like, get out of Honestly, here. Honestly, 2K, just make an NHL game, yeah, please. please I would buy competitor. that. I would, I would
0: buy it. I know, even if it sucks, I'll make it a different NHL game. <laughs>
1: yeah. But
0: yeah um, so, that basically wraps it up for this episode. Um, thank you all for listening. If you want to follow us on Instagram and on Twitter, it's at the Burning Leaf Pod. And uh, we will see you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening.